local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5 for Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, 5.06 p.m. on the East Coast. Patrick Reynolds taking you home here with the News Drive at 5. Welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in to WSIC News Talk Radio. You just heard Know the Scene with Justin Dion from the Kane Center for the Arts down in Cornelius every Tuesday. 4 p.m. Eastern Time leads right into the News Drive at 5. Don't ever miss that because that is a fantastic theater and construction piece down in Cornelius. Loads of good show There's shows there connecting you to the community. Check out Kane Center for the Arts online for tickets and their schedule of shows. Speaking of tickets, our ticket giveaway continues with the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show right here. If you're watching the video feed on the WSIC News social media platforms, we got a four-pack of winning tickets right there for you. The Charlotte Home and Remodeling show February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center. The winning phone number in about well, I don't know, 35, 6, 7 minutes, something like that. 844-STUDIO-4. 844-788-3464. We'll get you the winning tickets or if you want to call in during the show to chat about the news headlines, we would love to hear from you. And I believe we have a caller on the line. Might be Yolanda with ICAPS with our traffic update. Hello, Yolanda. Hey, Patrick. Yes, it is Yolanda. How are you today? We're, we're doing very well. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Listen, this traffic report is going to be ASAP fast. Okay. <laughs> we got, we got, we got conjunction, uh, congestion everywhere. Everywhere. Um, <laughs> 77 northbound, of course, over the beautiful Lake Norman. Of course. <laughs> we have um, congestion, heavy congestion. I don't know if it's the people mesmerized by the water or not, but it's always congested. And then we have uh, traffic back up at exit 23 over there by Huntersville and Concord exit. Mm-hmm. Coming coming, coming northbound, we have heavy congestion over by the um, 485 inner and outer loop. Okay. Anything else? And, Any, um, in- any incidents to no report incidents. with more congestion? We have, we have no, we have no police and fire uh, activity anywhere that I've seen. So that's that. Well, that's good. I'm glad everybody's safe and in one piece. But sorry to hear about the congestion. Every pack, buddy, buddy, pack a little patience on their way home. Yolanda, we appreciate the update so much. Thank you for the time tonight. No problem, Patrick. Enjoy the rest of your evening and you get too. home safe. You too. Safe travels. Yolanda from ICATS checking in with us. Lots of congestion. Uh, exit 23 down in the Huntersville area, uh, also over the causeways on I-77 going up to Lake Norman. If you can, people, we know the lake at sunset is beautiful, but if you can keep it rolling, everybody would appreciate that. Just kind of cruise on through. Be safe. Pay attention. Watch what you're watch what you're doing, where you're going. Uh, but, yeah, that lake is beautiful, but try to keep it rolling for everybody. Uh, our top five stories at five tonight. The top five at five here on the News Drive at five. A fatal wrong way crash occurred on I-77. A former Statesville police officer is charged with statutory rape. A Mooresville suspect faces felony charges. Another suspect is charged with using social media to meet minors for sex. 
and a Lincolnton robbery suspects are arrested. And we are also joined in studio by special guest. We're going to get into a lot of good conversation tonight about politics, sports, the local community, and all that. Uh, candidate for Iredell County Commissioner Richard Coleman is with us in studio. How are you tonight, Richard? Honored to be here. Well, thanks. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate a few minutes of your time. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're going to talk to Richard quite a bit. Uh, we had a real good conversation rolling before the show even started here in the studio, so I'm looking forward to, to that tonight. Uh, to our top story tonight a Huntersville woman who was traveling in the wrong direction on I-77 on Monday night died as a result of injuries she sustained in a head-on collision. North Carolina State Highway Patrol troopers responded to the crash on I-77 near mile marker 60 about 8.40 p.m. on Monday. A 2023 Volkswagen Arteon was traveling south in the northbound travel lanes and collided head-on with a 2007 Toyota SUV in the right lane. After the impact, the Volkswagen traveled off the shoulder of the northbound lanes and struck a tree. The driver of the Volkswagen, identified as Stephanie Lynn Morris of Huntersville, succumbed to her injuries at the scene. Morris was not restrained by a seatbelt. The Toyota driver, Anna Lopez, and her passengers were transported to Wilkes Medical Center for non-life-threatening injuries. Speed and impairment are indicated as contributors to the collision. Sad news to start off our broadcast tonight. Uh, Richard, let's throw this over to you a little bit. When something like that happens as, a, as an IRL County candidate, is there anything on the Board of Commissioners that they can do as a result of uh, investigation from a case like that that would fall into your jurisdiction to be able to help people? No, I, I don't really. That I don't really believe there there is. I think that just falls under the sheriff's department or the local the local uh, police uh, police departments. Mm -hmm. um, like I'm a big guy about staying in my lane, yeah. and that's not my lane. You know, I leave that to the experts. Okay. Well, let's let's continue on with your platform here. Running for Iredell County Commissioner, what separates you from the other folks that are running for the commissioner seat? Preparation. Preparation. The, you know, when I decided to, to run for office, I actually ran in the last election cycle, um, and I think we're running up close to a break, but um, but in the last election cycle, when I decided to run, I, I'm, that, I'm the kind of guy that I can't, I can't go do something halfway. Mm -hmm. You got to do the research, got to understand the job from a 365 degree or 360 degree rule, have a full understanding of what what the job entails, what its limitations are, as well as its expectations, so that when you when you when you are blessed to be elected, you can hit the ground running and serve the people the way that they expect you to. What called you to serve? Why the push now to get on the ballot and run? I think you know one of the things that that pushed me even four years ago that continues to push me today is you know we're we, we're experiencing these cultural divides, mm -hmm. and you know a house divided will fail. At some point, we've got to get some people in there with some, you know, some logic and some common sense and these powers in these positions of power that are willing to at least have some of the hard conversations, be willing to talk to the people on the other side of the aisle if, if need be. Mm -hmm. It can't be just you versus me, because if it's just you versus me, then the people always lose. Well, it seems to be a quite a lineup of Republicans going for a very few amount of seats. Who do you think are your biggest challengers for you to get in there my biggest challengers will be the incumbents mm -hmm. there's just no there's no way around it all three are running the last time that we did this there was two of them that decided to rotate well you know god rest marvin norman he passed 
you know, before the last election cycle occurred. And then you had Mr. Mallory that that decided he wasn't going to rerun. So you had two open seats, which it brought out a lot of it brought out a lot of candidates. It brought 11 candidates to the to the arena. Mm -hmm. And when in this cycle, all the incumbents have decided to serve again. So, you know, I wanted to carry on that momentum. I think I have the ability to serve in a capacity that would that would benefit the people. So, uh, and I've got a lot of support, and I've got a lot of people that have that have asked me to continue moving on because they like some of the things that they've heard me say and they, they the things that I've done. So, I'm going to continue to move forward. Richard Coleman live in studio with us here on the News Drive at Five. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We're going to talk to more to Richard in a little bit. Go deeper into his campaign. For Iredell County Commissioner, this is the News Drive at 5. I'm Patrick Reynolds. As Yolanda said, keep moving, keep steady, be safe on your commute. We'll talk to you right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 here on WSIC News Talk Radio. I'm Patrick Reynolds taking you home this afternoon. We've got four tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. Going to be given away in about 30 minutes from now. We'll do it in the last segment of the News Drive at 5 on this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, 5, 18 p.m. on the East Coast. Getting through the more headlines here on the News Drive at 5, a former Statesville Police Department officer has been charged with statutory rape following an investigation by the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation. Stephen Quinn Gordon, age 22, who lives in Davie County, was arrested Tuesday following an investigation by the Statesville Police Department's Northwest District Office. According to court records, he was charged with statutory sex offense with a child age 15 or younger. The alleged offenses occurred on November 17, 2023, in Iredell County. Magistrate D.B. Chambers ordered Gordon jailed without any bond pending his first appearance in court. He was being held in the Iredell County Detention Center on Tuesday. Gordon, who was hired by the Statesville Police Department on October 26, 2022, resigned his position on November 29, 2023. A Weaverville man faces multiple felony charges after crashing a stolen truck into several vehicles while being pursued by Mooresville Police Department officers. The Mooresville Police Department announced the arrest of Noah Alexander Zoltanowski, age 26. On Saturday, January 27th, after receiving an alert from an automated license plate reader for a stolen Dodge truck, officers located the vehicle traveling westbound on Highway 50 near Iredell Avenue. After verifying that the stolen vehicle entry made by the Lincolnton Police Department was still valid, MPD officers attempted to conduct a traffic stop on the truck. The driver of the Dodge truck refused to stop and continued west on Highway 150, reaching speeds close to 60 miles per hour. Near the intersection of Highway 150 and McClellan Avenue, the stolen truck hit two uninvolved vehicles. The vehicle then struck a third vehicle and became inoperable due to damage from the collisions. Zolnowski, who was driving the truck, was taken into custody without further incident. The suspect was charged with felony possession of a stolen motor vehicle, felony speeding to elude arrest, felony leaving the scene of an accident involving injury, and misdemeanor reckless driving to endanger. Zolnowski was placed in the Iredell County Detention Center under a $100,000 secured bond. So, Richard, 
Thank you for so much for stepping into the studio with us. Richard Coleman, candidate for Aradale County Commissioner, in studio here at WSIC News Talk. We were chatting during the commercial break, and you mentioned in the last segment about your preparation as you run for this uh, seat on the on the county board. Expand on that a little bit, your preparation aspect. Well, when I, when I thought about running for county commissioner, you realize really quickly that you're one of five people that basically conduct the people's business for the entire county. So it was something that I didn't want to be unprepared for. So what I decided to do was I basically decided to shadow the commissioners. And what I did in that in the time in the last four years is I've attended every county commissioner's meeting in person. I've attended all the budget workshops that determine the planning, the the future spending plan for each year. I've also went to at least one of each one of the advisory board meetings uh, that that report back to the commissioners and advise them on certain policies within each with, within each of the different departments. I currently serve on the Board of Health. I serve on the Board of Parks and Recs. I also served from 2022 to 2023 um, on the steering committee for the 2045 Horizon Plan, which would actually help determine future zoning allocations for county properties. I've been a, you know, growing up, I grew up racing and playing baseball. Mm -hmm. And in either one of those sports, preparation was key to winning. Whether you were studying the rule book to how to build your car so that you know, I always tell people I'm, the, I'm that guy that studies the rule book and I find out where they didn't write a rule and I exploit them for it so that at the end of the day they have to write another rule the next season. In baseball, you know that repetition and, and muscle memory and, and consistency and understanding the game and, and the plays and the situations teach you how to react and how to re- react appropriately to them. And that's the same way that I've approached running for office. Do you think that the other candidates that you're up against don't have the same preparation that you do for this role? I know they don't. Oh, okay. Uh, and I don't. I don't have a problem saying that because it's not like it's not one of these situations where um, I don't think I was at all the meetings and they weren't there. So I know that I'm more prepared for that. You know, like I said, outside of incumbents, I know I'm the most prepared candidate to to, to sit in a commissioner's seat. Mm-hmm. So why do you say that? Is it your attendance on the meetings and you notice the absences of the other candidates? Is, is that what you're looking at it's here just, for your preparedness? It, it's not really the absences. It's, you know, it, going to the meetings is just one aspect of it. The, the meetings are, you know, your business meetings and your pre-agenda meetings, those are just one aspect of being a county commissioner. In order to, to understand what a county commissioner does, it's, it's a, it, it, there's a lot more that's involved. There's the budget workshops that they have to consistently go to. It's the task force meetings when they meet with the school, when the the commissioners meet with the school boards that I attended. It's when they have, you know, cooperative meetings that they put together with the municipals, the, the, the city councils, the town managers, when they all get together to figure out what the plan moving forward for the community is. I attended those meetings. I know who was in the room. I was the only one that wasn't an elected official or somebody working for one of those municipals in the room that was listening. Mm -hmm. So, County Commissioner, you mentioned it a minute ago. For all of us, you know, listeners, the the people listening, our audience, they may not know. What exactly does a County Commissioner do? What's your jurisdiction? What's your responsibility? So, the responsibilities of the County Commission are, you know, managing the, the, the different departments that report to the County Commission. There's 26 of them. And you... You know, my my priority is, number one, public safety, making sure that we're well-funded within our sheriff's departments, our first responders, um, our emergency communications. Another one of our responsibilities is making sure that we're building schools so that these students have somewhere to get a quality education and the maintenance of the facilities. And, you know, 
you know, zoning. There's a, there's a lot to it, but there's a lot of restrictions to it. Like people believe that county commissioners build roads. County commissioners aren't in, in charge of funding roads. That's the state's yeah. responsibility. Um, some people, a lot of people, want to talk about teacher salaries and things of that nature. That's that doesn't fall in the purview of that doesn't fall in the purview of the county commissioners. That actually falls with DPI and with the local school systems. Our job with the school systems is providing quality facilities, building schools, and maintaining them. You know, making sure that our sheriff, who does a fantastic job, with you know you and does it under budget is funded well enough to keep our crime rates low so that we know that people want in with the lower crime rates you're going to get better businesses coming to Iredale County providing better jobs which is a better quality of life across the board let's talk about you a little bit uh grow up family kids wife where are you where are you, where are you from are you native or you transplant like so many here? I'm a transplant okay. I moved uh, I grew up in born and raised in Orlando I mm-hmm. moved here when I moved here in 2003 to go to work for Richard Petty Mm-hmm. Up in Randleman, North Carolina, spent two years, then moved over, moved down from Randleman, North Carolina, over to Huntersville, spent four years, four or five years living in Huntersville, and then moved to Mooresville. Been there ever since. Lived in the same house in Mooresville for, I think, 12, 13 years now. Um, I have a beautiful wife that we've been married for. She's listening in the car. You better get this right. <laughs> no, we've been married. Uh, this year will be 16 years. We've got three okay. kids, uh, boy, girl, boy, R.C., Lorelai, and Abraham. And uh, they're 12, uh, they're, they're 12, 10, and 8 currently. That's like a Scott Pruitt line. Hi to my family at home. He always says hi to that <laughs> when he gets out of the car. So you've lived in uh, three different counties, and you, you got your... Uh, you got your marriage and your wife right, which is good. It shades of Terry Labonte in the 1996 uh, Winston Cup banquet <laughs> when he he couldn't remember how long he was married and the camera was on his, his wife. Um, I'm sure it feels longer to her than it does me. <laughs> well, the, uh, the counties you lived in, I think Randolph, mm-hmm. Mecklenburg, Iredell. You lived R- in three uh, counties. Randolph, Cabarrus. Okay. Cabarrus County. Iredale. Okay. So three counties. Uh, why... Iredell. Was it just job location, or was there something that drew you to this county? I'm not a big guy of living in in neighborhoods. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't enjoy being able to hand a bar of soap to my neighbor through the window. So <laughs> yeah, I liked the space. There was an opportunity to move to Mooresville with some land and some property, and I liked having a little bit more space to stretch out. We actually, you know, I retired from NASCAR in, in mm-hmm. 2017. I actually started my landscaping business in 2009 while I was still on the road. And we actually still run the business out of the back of my house. Mm. That, I remember, was a different time in NASCAR because I'm a, I'm a former NASCAR guy myself. Uh, it was funny how, you know, the NASCAR garage area is almost like a ladder system for landscapers and radio show hosts. I oh, don't yeah. know, natural Absolutely. training ground, I guess. That's, that's how we wind I, up in these I, And jobs. I also knew a lot of firefighters that would, that would pit on the, that had been yeah. in the fire department for a long time, and they'd pit on the weekends because they were able to manipulate their schedules so that they could be gone every yeah. weekend. They were, I mean, there's all kinds of different, there's all kinds of different industries that, I, I mean, I've got friends that are, that, that I worked with in racing that are now building decks and fences. Some sure. are, some are doing tile work. Like, you know, as we got older, I, I think racing is one of those things. I think professional sports are kind of all the same where like you get, you get to a point because it's kind of a grown man's Chuck E. Cheese. It's, it's a, it's kind of a playground if it were like, we're getting paid to have fun. 
And then you realize when you look up, you know, 10 or 15 years into the industry, it's like, okay, I can't really go work for anybody else. So I better figure out how to build a small business and make my own money <laughs> because I'm not, it's just one of those things where I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go work at Lowe's if I wanted to, because, you know, just the, the mentality that, you know, the locker room mentality that you carry on in professional sports just doesn't work in, re- yeah. in the retail world. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh, brings back memories of my years in the sport. I, oh, 2008 was the last time I was in a shop, and that infamous when the, when the housing market uh, took a dive. That was the impact that affected me and actually led me right to this studio a couple years later, and that's how I started talking on the radio. Long story for another day, we want to talk about Richard Coleman. News Drive at 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds taking you home. We'll talk to you right after this. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 for this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, 5.35 p.m. on the East Coast. We're going to get to more of your new headlines, talk more with Richard Coleman for Iredell County Commissioner, and we've got a caller that has been holding. Hello, caller. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the News Drive at 5. Yes, thank you. I think you had a very interesting guest on, and I wanted to commend you and wish him best of luck as from Connecticut, as a former person who ran for office many years ago. And wish you all best of luck at your Drive His Dive show. All right. Thank thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. Appreciate you calling in. You bet. Anything else? Uh, Well, I'm glad you're having a good day on this January 30th. (laughs) We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Who who am I talking to? (laughs) Your mother. I know. <laughs> Why? <What? laughs> I just wanted to hear you say it. Thanks, Mom. Appreciate you calling in. <laughs> Surprise, mine hasn't called Best in. Yeah, so uh, green light for Richard and Joe's mom, producer Joe and Richard Coleman. If you guys, uh, your moms can call in too because mine did today. So mine, because today is my birthday. So she's calling in and wish me a happy birthday. That's so nice. That's so nice. (laughs) Thank you very much. And we appreciate you listening to WSIC News Talk way up in Connecticut. You betcha. Yeah. How's the weather up there? Home of ESPN. Yeah. (laughs) Well, stay warm. You know, uh, I've been trying to get her to move down here for like 20 years. So it's like she still hasn't yet. So, you know, bundle up. Bundle up. Thank you. Well, come on. Kudos on that wonderful guest because yeah. he was had similar background and he's running profit. So lots of similarities. It Great t- show. Yeah, but, it takes a good heart, a big heart to serve the community. So we're gonna actually going to talk to him a little bit more right now. Is that okay? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, mom. I appreciate the call. Stay warm. Enjoy your day. All righty. Okay, All righty. Bye bye. Kathy Reynolds from New Milford, Connecticut. My mom calling in to WSIC News Talk. Well, happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yes, 21 today. 21? I was going, I thought 29. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I look a little older for for my 29. (laughs) Uh, I got some more headlines here, but they don't seem appropriate to follow my mom. (laughs) So, believe it or not, let's shift it back to politics. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Richard, you were were, uh, talking to us. had a brilliant dialogue during, it fell in during a commercial break here. I know, right? But I, I do want, if you That's can repeat luck. it. Yeah, no, 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 it's good. We've got plenty of time. We, we, you know, we're off the air at 6 p.m. where Joe Berg takes over for the scoreboard at the top of the hour. But you're talking about the property tax rates mm-hmm. here in Iredell County. Recap that. You've got, uh, you, you came from a, a single parent uh, household yourself. 
understand tightening the purse strings in the budgets and the in the plate mm-hmm. of a homeowner here in Iredell County. What what's your thoughts on that? Please share. I mean, so I'm a big I'm a big Dave Ramsey guy. Yeah. Um, I believe you know debt is dumb and cash is king, and you know I've studied him as well as the county commission for a very long time, and you know in when you listen to Dave, you know that. You know, eight out of ten households they they live paycheck to paycheck. So when when tax when expenses go up and the income doesn't follow it, you know that people are starting to make some really hard choices. They're 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 making choices between, you know, keeping keeping the lights on or keeping food in the refrigerator. So, you know, as a county commissioner, we have to do everything we can to alleviate those situations for them. And granted, there's only so much that we can do. And and one of the hot button topics is obviously the tax rate. And everybody, everybody talks tax rate, tax rate, tax rate, and you know, and they they always ask, you know, one of the more popular questions: Did did the commissioners do the right or the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm not a guy that likes to play Monday morning quarterback, so right. you know, they made their decision, and they'll have to be accountable for it the same way I would if I was in the seat. But what I look at is, you know, the evaluation itself. You know, what what was the what what contributed to the budget increase? And what you've got is, you've got a situation where, you know, whether it was COVID or whether it was, you know, inflation, Bidenomics, which we won't talk about. Hmm. But you have a situation where, you know, luckily Iredale County is is experiencing is experiencing growth, and they're experiencing growth. Um, is is a good thing because that tells you that we have a good county for people to move to. But what you the the property tax rate and the evaluation it's based on actual home sales over the course of three years prior mm-hmm. to the valuation prior to the evaluation right and what you've got is Iredell County has literally been one of the fastest growing communities in the country yes. for well over a year That's and a half established and documented in and the if country. you look, and, and it's like I said I'm a landscaper like I go out and cut grass I'm in neighborhoods all the time I'm talking to customers I'm talking to new people that are moving into the community that are looking for landscaping God bless them. <laughs> and what you what you find out is you see these houses and people are coming in from California, they're coming in from Washington, New York, places where the dollar's already inflated, and they're paying 20, 30, 40 percent sometimes above market value for their homes with cash. And what they're doing is what does that do to their neighbor's house that doesn't have that inflated dollar? It runs up their comparable property tax because of what the, the guy next door to them just purchased it at. But the problem you're running into a lot of times is those per- those people that live next door, they can't sell the property for what it's evaluated at. And we can't, and if they did sell it at what it was evaluated at, they've got nowhere to go because they don't really want to leave Iredale County, but they can't go somewhere else comparable or buy right. something else similar. So what do we have to do? You know, everybody talked about delay, delay, delay on the on the reval. I think it's something that we could, and we do have the ability as county commissioners to do. We can do the evaluations more often, where instead of doing it every four to eight years, you can do it every two. Mm-hmm. So, okay, we're going to stay on top of the market, and we're going to base your property off of what those market values are right now in the here and now and over the course of the last year, in the last two years, instead of the last three or four or five, God forbid, some counties around us that do it every eight. So that they, people don't experience the sticker shock every single time that you go through a property revaluation. The one of the topics I think all candidates face, and this may or may not fall under your the county commissioner, is the development, people moving here, the expansion, and then where you get into roads, which are not part of your jurisdiction, but other things may be. You get into schools, you get into fire department. You know, public services, there's so much that comes with that expansion of people moving here. 
I moved here. I loved it. I, I, I can't, as everyone says, they want to be the last person to move into town. We, we moved here because we love it. You shut the doors behind you. You can't do that. It's, mm. you know, everybody, I appreciate everybody wanting to move here. Now, the, the property tax raising that you just talked about, would that offset or should that offset the, the cost of the development to help keep up with the people moving in here? Let, let's be clear. The, the property tax, they did not raise the property tax. They actually lowered the actual rate. Okay. But the problem that you have is because people's properties were evaluated at such a higher number, they still ended up paying out more per, you know, more dollars rate out of dropped, pocket. dollars went up. Correct. Okay. It, it still went up. It, it wasn't the rate that went up because they lowered the rate. But what you had is because people's property was, was evaluated at such a high number, and there's so few people that actually know, hey, you can go, you can go appeal what your property was evaluated at. Was it true? Let people they, they will come through. They will come in and evaluate your property to see if it will actually sell for what it's being evaluated at. The, you know, it, I think it's more important that we inform the community that hey, you have some options here. You know, our elderly have some options. If you're a certain age and you you have a certain income, you actually qualify for a reduced rate. Um, you know, these are the kind these these kind of things need to be more. I wish there was a way to get that infra- information out more to the public than what it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't want to come on here and say that, you know, that that all of our our commissioners are are, you know, vile people because they raised your taxes. They lowered the rate, right. but the, the the what they lowered it to still didn't offset what the what the properties were evaluated at. So, so people still paid more money. So if we were hypothetically to go from this reevaluation from the 3 year 3 year, 4 year, 8 year whatever to maybe a two-year plan, would that have helped hypothetically in this situation to keep the taxes what people are paying out of their pocket less? I think it would. I think it would help in the long run. I especially think it would help in in the near future because, like right now, people's taxes are are going to be what they are for the next four years unless the rates adjusted by the county commission. It, we got about thirty seconds coming up on a break. Quick answer: Is that something that would fall under the, the county commissioner's jurisdiction and something they could change? It is. It, it is. It is something they could change. Okay, got to step away from the break. We've got our ticket giveaway after this commercial break to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show. We're going to have the phone lines. Anybody that's not my mom can call in and win the tickets. More from Richard Coleman coming up. News Drive at five with Patrick Reynolds. We'll talk to you right after this. News Drive at 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Tuesday, January 30th, 2024, 5.48 p.m. on the East Coast. And it is ticket time. Boom. Phone lines are open. Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-788-3464 gives you the winning tickets. A couple more headlines we want to get to tonight. A Mooresville man faces 21 felony charges as a result of a police investigation that began with a tip about inappropriate conduct on a social media site. The Mooresville Police Department announced the arrest of Michael Dakota Richardson, age 21. The Mooresville Police Department initiated an investigation on January 21st after receiving information that Richardson was using social media to attempt to meet minors for sex. In Lincolnton, back on Friday, January 19th, a 38-year-old female 
identified as Misty Hayes and a 53-year-old male identified as Reginald Forney, both residents of Catawba County, committed an armed robbery at Family Dollar in Lincolnton. Through an investigation, both suspects are now in custody with uh, cooperation from the Lincolnton Police Department, the Maiden Police Department, U.S. Marshals Carolina Regional Task Force, and a bunch of our law enforcement officers keeping us safe in capturing a couple of robbery suspects. Our special guest tonight, candidate for Iredell County Commissioner's seat, Richard Coleman, joins us in studio having a very good conversation. It's as good in commercials as it is off air. It's almost like a rehearsal for you. Let's jump right into what you were talking about. You were passionate about this. Developers and impact fees or lack thereof on impact fees for developers. Lack thereof. Yeah. Lack thereof for sure. You know, impact fees are illegal in North Carolina. One of the one of the most powerful lobbyist bodies up in the at, up in Raleigh is 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 the developers and the real estate. Uh, developers, you know, it, I struggled to, I struggle with this because there's obviously all these developers. Most of them come from out of state. They come and build these massive neighborhoods, and they don't, they don't have to do anything. Mm. You know, in other states where impact fees are allowed, you'd have to come in and you'd have to do an impact study on what the number of houses that you're going to build is going to have on your surrounding community. Whether it's you know the fire, the fire rescue that's going to be needed, the the, the roads that are going to be needed to be built around, the schools, things of that nature. Um, and they don't have to contribute to any of that. In other states, after the impact study is done, you know, based off the fact that, hey, you're making this much money on the people that live in this community, this is how much you have to give back because of the impact it's going to leave versus leaving that hanging on that, leaving that enormous tax burden on the people that are living in those communities and surrounding communities. So, basic question why? Are we not charging impact fees? It's illegal, but why? How is this possible? It's it's that is something that's constru- that is controlled with the state legislation. Let let uh, excuse me, the Sorry. state <laughs> legislators, and the state legislation. And I think it's something that should be pushed harder and stronger. But like I said, you know that's that's politics. It's one of the situations we deal with in North Carolina that I don't believe we should. I would fight tooth and nail with any any of our state legisl- legislators that wanted to go after or try to implement impact fees because I think that they're necessary. They are necessary tool to reduce the tax burdens for the people of our community. As a commissioner, if you're elected, is there anything you can do about that from that seat? up in Raleigh to change that. The only thing I can do is is continue to have the good the good relationships that I've had with with our state legislators, you know, Gray Mills, Jeff McNeely, yep. Senator Sawyer, mm-hmm. um, and, and and be that bug in their ear. What can we do about impact fees? What can we do about impact fees? Is there anything that we can do? How do I support you in that endeavor? Because that endeavor would would ultimately benefit the people of Iredell County. Mills, Sawyer, McNeely Three folks that definitely represent this area in a very positive way. Absolutely. Or, you know, Mills up for election, uh, mm-hmm. run, running for office this year. Represent us very positively in Raleigh. Are they in a position to change that at all? This is statewide, not just Iredell County, right? They have, they're have. they in a position, but it's just like with the county commission. I'm only one person right. on a panel of five. So I've got to have two other votes in order to get any kind of policy through or to get anything done. And it's the same for them. They have to work within those bodies. Now... I'm sure that they would love to do this, the, the same things I would love to do there as far as, and I don't want to speak for them, I'm not speaking for them, but 
Um, I'm sure that they would love to do anything that they could to alleviate the tax burdens for the people of Iredell County. But they're 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 two of two people in the House and one person in the Senate. So Mm -hmm. they're one of those bodies. So if they can't get everybody else to sign on, we're dead in the water. So they got their work cut out for them in Raleigh with hundreds of representatives trying to get this passed. Oh, yeah. This is a statewide issue. In other words, you know, our audience right here in Iredell County and North Mecklenburg, a little bit of Lincoln County as well. It's way beyond us. It's just the whole state. So we've got a lot of work to do. They've got a lot of work to do. You've got a lot of work to do to get that changed. And like I said, the work's never been a problem for me. Uh, I'll do whatever work, whatever work they need me to do in that in that regard. I'm here for, because like I said, I, I don't I don't come to run second. And I do everything that I can to prepare for the job, and and I can assure I'll make this campaign promise to everybody in Iredell County. There won't be a single candidate that'll outwork me. <laughs> That's a racer quote. I didn't come here to run second. That's right. That's right. It's where you get that from racing. Uh, we we are live here on Tuesday, January the thirtieth. On January 31st, you have an event coming up for your campaign. Absolutely. Tell us about that. We have a meet and greet out at the Westward Farms. Uh, it's going to be from 7.30 to 8.30 at uh, 212 Westward Road in Stony Point. Um, looking to meet as many individuals that would like to come out and, and meet me and, and voice their concerns and tell me what I can do to, to be a better county commissioner, be a better servant for them. You know, one of, I always like to tell people this. This job isn't about me. This job's about the people. I'm the guy that's willing to stand at the front of the line, but understand that the line doesn't exist because of me. I exist because of the line. So whatever I can do to serve the people of this county, I want to know what that is. So come out tomorrow. Like I said, you know, 212 Westward Road uh, at the Westward Farms. I'll be there. I'd love to meet as many people as possible and, 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 to, and continue to increase my understanding on what the needs of the people are here in Iredell County. January 31st, 7 p.m., Westward Farms, 212 Westward Road in Stony Point. You can come out and meet Richard Coleman. What are you hearing from the people that you have talked to, their chief concerns with Iredell County? What's what's on their mind? What are you hearing? Taxes. Taxes. <laughs> I mean, that's always... <laughs> yeah. That, well, I mean, it's the it's the, the one thing that every, you know everybody talks... It's, it's taxes and it's responsible growth, you know? Yeah, that that growth aspect, and then you put the responsible part mm-hmm. in front of that. What does that mean? How do you define responsible growth? Well, what does that mean? You know, responsible growth is is like right now we're we're experiencing, we and we have experienced expansive growth in a very short period of time. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to, you know, mediate that a little bit without infringing on people's property rights? Because I'm I'm a I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. I believe in the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. So I have to defend your property rights just as much as I have to depend defend somebody else's rights when it comes to their taxes and their growth and things of that nature. But what can we do? And it's like, for instance, you know, you just don't you don't you don't allow municipals at the current juncture to increase the ETJs. You know, you you do what you can. Uh, within the the uh, the horizon plans and the zoning allocations that are in that are in writing and have already put down, like if it's not if it's not allocated for this future use, we're not gonna we're not gonna turn it to this because you want to develop a neighborhood. We're gonna we're gonna try to protect the people here. But like I said, it's one of those things. It, it becomes a double edged sword because at the same time, you don't want to necessarily turn over the keys to the kingdom to a bunch of developers that are coming in from out of state. I don't want to restrict the farmer from being able to sell his his property that he's had in for multiple generations, but the next generation doesn't want to farm it anymore. 
it's such a double-edged sword. It, it, it's hard, and it's a hard job, and you need people in there that can make the hard and difficult decisions and the principled decisions in the process. Mm-hmm. It's not just go in there and do what you want to do because that's what you want to do. It's like I said, I'm there to go serve the people of this county. You know, like I said, I was I was raised by my grandfather who, um, you know, I was raised on Reagan, Rush, and Paul Harvey. And he, <laughs> he would tell me, listen to what Reagan did, let Rush analyze it, and then Paul will give you the rest of the story. <laughs> and one of the things that I took away from that was a, a Thomas Jefferson quote that, that said something along the lines that if you ever become, if you ever accept an elected position within America, you should consider yourself a property of the people. And that's really what I'm trying to do. All I'm wanting to do is serve the people. This has nothing to do to me. I, this, this doesn't have as much to do with me as it does the people because I have no aspirations beyond the county commission. Like, I'm a baseball coach. I'm a family man. I've got a small business. I'm interested in Iredell County. I'm not interested in going to Raleigh three days a week, 40 weeks a year. I'm not interested in going to that cesspool that's known as Washington, D.C. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking to serve my community. Photos on your Facebook page showed you uh, in action just a few years ago, about, yeah, well, more than a few now, uh, tire change, and it looks like for Joe Gibbs Racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is it working for Coach? Coach was awesome to work for. Um, you know, you'd be surprised. And, and Coach wasn't much different from a lot of the other, uh, the other race teams. You don't realize um, until you're in it how conservative and, and Christian-based a lot of those teams are, but... Joe Gibbs, you know, they had continuous Bible studies. It was, and when he came walking on the shop floor, or he came out to pit stop practice, and he had something to say. You listened, because mm. it was always, it was always something that you would take away for the rest of the week or the rest of the month that would that would help you become a better teammate or a better person. So I really enjoyed working for Joe Gibbs. Good to hear. Primaries March the fifth for Aradale County committee commissioner yes. as well as many others primaries and get out up. and vote in primaries because iredale county is literally 80 20 red to blue and the people that will be elected in november from local elections will be determined on march 5th richard coleman thank you so much news drive at five with patrick reynolds for this tuesday january 30th the scoreboard with joe berg is coming up next we'll talk to you tomorrow have a good night everybody thank you